my name is Robert Higgins. And I'm Kate Tuxford. And this is episode 34 of Screenwriting from the Trenches, a podcast about the craft and expression of screenwriting in all of its forms, from the perspective of writers just like you. This week, Kay and I are talking about what we can learn from working with actors. And to that end, we have a guest, Meg Cashel, uh, who is the star of Kay and our, our, favorite, our mutual favorite short, It's Been a While, as well as other popular shorts like Milo, Together, and The Eulogy. But first, before we get to our marquee topic and Meg, uh, let's, as always, see what is screenwriting Twitter fighting slash talking about this week. Uh, we have sort of breaking news yeah, uh, it just happened this like hours ago. Yeah, this is hilarious and stupid. Uh, it's like some of my favorite stuff about screenwriting Twitter. But the white working class Writers Guild Twitter account got taken down or canceled or whatever. Or, it kind of uh, it kind of canceled itself. <laughs> like everybody blocked it because I mean they were making posts about how I only saw a few of them, but about how like white writers were getting short shifted because people of color were getting like getting recognized or, or being promoted and it just you know it was just racist bullshit and everybody kind of sniffed the bullshit and announced it as bullshit at the same time uh and you know i think everybody they just got blocked and they eventually like took their little took their little pity party and went home yeah, I'm not usually a big yeah. fan of mob rule, but thanks uh, Screenwriting Twitter for being like collective assholes uh, in a good way for this. I really am really glad for us showing up on this it, it and like just a, sort of denouncing it. It was like a Twitter Care Bear stare. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was beautiful. Yeah, I, I loved it. Like social media does a good job. It does a bad job so frequently. So right. Right. But this one is Screenwriting Twitter. We, they get one point. Good job. Good job, guys. Thank you. We appreciate you. But it was like really funny because people were like uh, noticing like how many, like how much engagement it had. Like there was one thing that got retweeted, but it had been retweeted the same number of times that people had commented under. You know, there's always that usually that big ratio of like comments to retweets or retweets to comments. And it was just like, they had the same amount and it was just like, wow, these, whoever these people are who are signed on to this thing, they are really engaged. Um, it was just, and, and they were using the, um, when somebody brought up like, why are you doing this? Like they brought up that whole, like, well, if we were, if this was a black screenwriters thing, like, or personal color, like no one would care. Like, why is it bad that we're, that we're doing it for white people? It's like that argument that gets, brought up yeah. as if you know most if, mainstream wait, groups and things aren't yeah, yeah okay. okay yeah all right all right okay uh so yeah so victory on that one what else yeah. we got this week Rob? well folks are still reeling reeling from the 19 shows that got canceled um this is affecting both actors and uh writers uh meg have you heard like a, has there been a, a lot of fallout from the the shows that got canceled like from the cw and the cbs you heard right? from yeah. cbs and everybody it was just like there's just a, a wide oh it was netflix too like it was just like people were just dying across the board netflix lost jobs a lot of people yeah um, so I think everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who, who's like whose job was affected by the cancellation and stuff like that. People are just like everybody's sort of wondering what the deal is because 
you simultaneously have two things going on. You have the CW that's gearing up to be sold and you have um, Netflix, which is tightening its purse and everybody's sort of looking to Netflix as to where the industry should be going, like how much money they should be spending. It's really weird how Netflix just sort of became like the, the Captain Picard of the, of the fleet. Uh, and folks are just like, what's, what's the cute, cute is doing? I don't know. Destroying Wolf 359. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it was really strange how like people are just sort of looking up to Netflix. Remember when Netflix was like an outsider? Remember when people were shocked that they bought House of Cards? Remember that? Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> Netflix sent you stuff in the mail? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Apparently they still did that. Do they still do that? Yes, because I have my, I still have my DVD account. I still do it. I want to do that. I want it sent to me. I have, I keep mine because there occasionally there are movies that you can't find on streaming. And And they're like. Isn't it exciting also to get mail? Because normally the mail, like I got a parking ticket in the mail today. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I wish this was a DVD. I know my insurance like stalks me on mail. And besides that, I never get anything fun. We need, yeah. we need more fun things in the mail. Yeah, okay. more fun things in the mail, because usually all you're getting is bills. Like, oh, that's all you're getting is, is bills. Even the, the bills that you have where it's like, I want to get this digitally, they still send you stuff in the mail. But I just um, want to make sure you got it. They're like, yeah. no, 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 you can't claim you didn't get it. You're getting, you're, you're going to get this. You know, I recently, I don't, I don't know if I told you, Rob, but somebody must have gotten my, like, uh, my personal LLC. Like, I have my own one-woman business, and they, they saw that I was part of the film business and they sent me about 20 random actor headshots. No return address. I have no idea what to do with them. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, no return address? No return address. I don't know. I'm like, I thought like maybe it was an agency or something. But like, I would do a really funny short. It'd be like, is this your headshot? Like, like sort of like one of those um, <laughs> those Sarah McLaughlin commercials for the dogs. Yeah, Doctor like, Knight. <laughs> that'd be so cute. Yeah. <laughs> that actors like that would be beautiful. <laughs> that would be really really funny. I would laugh. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be funny. Like you have to play the Sarah McLaughlin song. Be like, is this you? Yeah. Is this you? Don't do this. Don't send this to people. Like, I don't know how to get in touch with you. You're an (laughs) asshole. Um, I had shot one time and like was this big showcase for college. And I realized at the end of the showcase that I had printed out like 40 headshots, gave all the stuff away, zero contact information. (laughs) (laughs) What is the point? Like, It was just this like existential statement to the world. Like Meg Cashel, if she is, she exists. Yeah. Look at and then you're like at the end of that because you're like you're in such a fuck kind of moment where you're just like ah. And then you think about how much money you spent and you're just like, oh, God yeah. damn it! It's, also, the uh, amount of time like stapling, you had to staple like, <laughs> like, cut the paper because it's eight by ten, like so much work. Nary contact information. Zero. Yeah. Ridiculous behavior. Oh my god. Yeah, we've all we've all done that. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the final thing that folks have been sort of fighting about this week, uh, and I'm, you know, not that this is becoming like, you know, like the Marvel show, but uh, our, our, we, our, we gotta we gotta weigh in. Yeah, yeah. our our Marvel overlords are, are are constantly putting out things, and it, it we we can't escape them. But the She-Hulk trailer came out this week, and folks were simultaneously dunking on the CGI and also revealing 
a lot of fetishes that could have been kept quiet. Um, um, I think you have to divulge what you came across that gave you that nightmare fuel. There were a lot of death by snoo snoo jokes. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and there were a lot of folks who'd be like, I will be okay with this death by snoo snoo. Um, Tatiana Masolani is, is, is Canadian, so she's not a national treasure, but she is quite a talented actress if you've ever seen or, uh, Orphan Black. So I was happy to see her in the role, but yes. um, the amount of folks sort of standing the, the you know, uh, the, I don't, I don't what, what is it? It's like the, oh, it's like the giant, uh, the giantress sexual stereo, the thing where like they want to be crushed or held. Yeah. By a giant? By a giant woman, yes. By a giant woman. It is, it is a very specific fetish I have run across. Unfortunately, I'm a baby <laughs> Cupid. I'm not a giant, but I guess they were just like hoping I'd know one. Yeah. Um, There's a woman actually making a. There are a lot of women actually making a lot of money on OnlyFans, uh, pretending to be a giant. Like they do these videos of them like standing, like like um, it's like a that forced, forced perspective. perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they just pretend that the people are very small and they and the the people buying these videos like a, like pretend that they are the small person that she's talking to and they sit on the camera and they hold they pick up the thing. I, I'm it's a I I okay. All right. It's it is very specific. First we don't all, kink shame here. We don't kink shame, but y'all know y'all where y'all you y'all know who you are. Yeah, I was gonna say, mad, mad props to the ladies <laughs> on OnlyFans who realized that they could do some camera tricks and make that work. I'm just saying, like, good for them for being so inventive. Um, good. Yeah. We don't kink uh, shame, but it, I'm, I'm sorry, y'all are funny. Well, are yeah, I was gonna say, it's no kink shame, but you didn't have to come out for She-Hole. Yeah, you didn't have to come out for She-Hole. But the <laughs> other thing was, like, the people were wondering if the bad CGI um, is going to distract from the storyline to sort of bring it to where we live, uh, is it going to distract from the, the, the overall She-Hulk story? And I think it might. Uh, somebody brought up the fact that that Hulk, a friend of mine brought up the fact that Hulk was in the original Infinity War trailer. So we don't really know what it's going to look like until it is. Because, you know, as we all know now, Hulk was not in that movie at all. Um, so, you know, never count Disney out. Because... It's not like they don't have the money to throw at making it better. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, I think I think uh, sometimes they do this, especially with the CGI, is kind of like a test. And now they're going to go back and go okay, right now. Let's I think a lot of uh, the things that are get thrown out now are just sort of like like the studio's ways of like um, of doing those uh, test screenings, but like on a public level, they just toss things out there to get like what kind of uh, like metrics or what people are saying, what's the chatter? And then they just like go back and fix whatever that they can before, like whatever, it's, which is clever, but it does make you feel like a giant guinea pig. So- Which is another king shaming thing you're doing right now. Am I? I don't know. Somebody, maybe somebody role plays as a giant. You know what, Kate? You you're, getting, you're going way too far now. You've gone way too far, way too far. Okay. Pull it back. Okay, I'm good. I'm here. Let's. Let's get to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Listen. I'm no, no, I'm no. We're not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna justify that. No. 
Mm. No. I, I really wish right now I had some like a little like piece of wilty lettuce. Okay. I could eat right All right. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't plan. Okay. Go, look, why don't I'm, you know have... what? I'm gonna leave this in. I'm not editing this out. I'm not editing this out. Everyone's fine. gonna know you weird shit now. Everyone's right. got the weird shit. Fine, fine, but <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Listen, I've got movies to fund. I'm not right. ashamed. Okay, yeah. let's get to Meg. Um, yes, yes, who's actually yeah. having to listen to all this in real yeah. time? And, um, yeah, and and uh, and our marquee topic of what we can learn from actors. But before we get into it, I I, re- I just want to get a, a like an origin story for our guest. Uh, like, how did you get into this business of show? Well, um, I come from a huge family, one of five kids. Okay. And um, my mom was a ballet dancer. And she said, like, her proudest moment was when we all, before we were 10 years old, knew every word to La Vie Bohème. Like, so, <laughs> always in the musical theater, doing sing songs. Um, and then I just, yeah, I just kind of never stopped. Like, did it all through high school, went to college for it. And um, it's like my favorite thing in the whole world. Just always has been. Performing. Performing. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. I, you know, I always wonder if like, you know, because there is a certain um, thing where like, I think even of like among sort of like younger millennials where like we came up in an era where like cell phones weren't so totally pronounced. Totally. And so there was a lot of like, uh, musical theater and theater in general and stuff like that and I wonder now if that if the sort of prevalence of cell phones and things like that not will not will sort of specialize that where you have a lot of kids who come up with video like in a way where they were casually making videos like for TikTok and YouTube and things like that where you can just like sort of do it from something that's very accessible where people have phones and like tablets and things like that on an iphone yeah you could film a full movie on an iphone i wonder if i was little if we had access to that if we would be doing movies and not plays right i wonder about that like Um, i just wonder if that's going to like sort of affect the younger generation come up where there'll be less less people who were just like i have you know i came up with a theater background it's like most people are like well i started out doing videos on tiktok right um and it was like but but i mean i was like TikTok videos, theater kids. I mean, like, they just kind of go There's hand a natural hand. crossover, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely similar sort of world, I think. Yeah. But so, so is that what you went to college for? Is that like a... Yeah. So I went to Marymount Manhattan uh, for one year and studied musical theater. And then mm-hmm. I remember going to my advisor and was like, I want to take all these acting classes. And she like kind of laughed. She was like, you can't take those till senior year. Like you just take math. And I was like, I don't want to take math. <laughs> so I was like, that sounds terrible. So I dropped out and then went to Stella Adler and just studied acting, just did conservatory. Yes. Yes. All, so this is all just a roundabout way not to take math, right? I can't do it. I can't do math. I just can't. I'm here I just with thought you I was dropping out of college. And he was like, please don't. He was like, what are you going to do if you don't have a college degree? I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on TV. I have to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of those things. Like, if you give yourself, like, no, like, I have to do this. Like, what else am I going to do? Like, not do this? Ah, get out of here. Um, you hit that point, especially in your film TV career, where you're like, well, I'm not good for anything else now, so I might as well be <laughs> successful at this. Yeah, really, really the exact same way, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it's an impossible job to be an actor, and I've had a bajillion day jobs, and, you know, but if you love it, you just have to do it. I always yeah. tell people, like, if you don't love it, please, God, do something else. Please. Like, you'll yes. be so you, you won't be miserable. Yeah, exactly. Constantly. Yeah, it, it's very much in that, you know, that, 
you know, that sort of uh, writer, actor sort of thing where it's like, if you find yourself like doing weird crafty things when other people are like watching TV, then you're, then you're sort of born to it. Like that thing of like, if you're thinking about characters or like, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially folks in sketch comedy where they're just like developing these characters that they do in their shows or things like that, where it's just thinking about things that other people, like when you bring them up in like polite conversation, you're like, oh, right, I'm a nerd. I, I'm, I'm a complete nerd. Hugely. Like, oh, okay. I knew okay. I was fucked when I was little. <laughs> I knew that that's I was fine. Being- that's fine. We say we say these words. It's fine. Uh, and, awesome. Yes, go for it. Well, I was so fucked when I was little because I went and saw she's a superstar, and um, I thought it was like six or something, and I thought the Judas actually killed himself on stage, and I looked at my sister and being like, "Wow, like that's commitment. That's commitment, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> you're screwed." Oh, if I get to die on stage once. Um, <laughs> We already got up to that curtain call, though. Um, I, yeah, I was going to say, go back then. Did they get another actor the next day? Like, how did yeah. they do that? Yeah. Every day, a constant yeah. casting call. Um, but yeah. But there so, would, there'd be actors who do that because they'd just be like, I just, you just, you go out doing the role you love, you know, like, I, oh, the bang. People are desperate for work, you know, at least it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no like Birdman every day. Um, yes. Oh man, that's a, that 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 uh, yeah, that movie's underrated. Even with how popular it is, it's still underrated. Love um, one of my favorites for sure. I just um, yeah, okay. We're not gonna go down that rabbit hole, but uh, like so. I was gonna say we have to ask Meg questions. She, yeah, I know. She I know. I know, I know, I know yeah, I know. she came to Zoom. Yeah. So uh, after college, you're like, I'm gonna do this thing. Well, how did you come to? Uh, you were sort of telling us off podcast, but how did you come to? Uh, it's been a while. So um, I have a backstage account, and uh, it's like a basically you can submit people, you cast, whatever. And uh, Brett reached out to me and was like, I have this script. And I actually didn't respond. You get so many crazy people reaching out to you on backstage, (laughs) terrible short films. And I just got exhausted. I was like, I'm over this. Um, And then he reached out a couple times and I was like, okay, fine, I'll read it. And I read the script and I was like, this script's fantastic. Put myself on tape a couple times and went out, filmed it in like three hours. Quick, quick, quick. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, which is so crazy. Like uh, Kay and I were, you know, we were talking about this and just, the fact that you were able to have that sort of uh, chemistry, because there is that sort of internal chemistry between filmmaker and uh, actor, where you guys were able to bring something that was so true and so real, um, in in a basically what is what is like the the uh, the filmmaking version or the indie film version of a blind date. Uh, where you haven't met exactly. <laughs> yeah, before. It could be bad. Yeah. It's like, all right, I hope this isn't a shit show. Um, I prepped myself for it to be a shit show. So when it mm-hmm. like turned out so well, it was it was it was awesome. I was very happy. Very. And now uh, you guys have worked together like several times. Yeah, a million times. We actually just wrapped uh, a feature version of the eulogy, the musical. Oh, really? Oh. Yes, just wrapped that. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm definitely keep us locked for that because I I love that short. Um, and like I was, uh, yeah, you know, I was saying before, you know, uh, okay. you know, Meg being way too talented, just like when you started singing, I was like, whoa, whoa, where did, what the hell, man? 
Thank you. It was like, so fun. I also like had, like I sang a lot when I was little and then got deeply self-conscious about singing because it's so hard. And if you go to musical theater school, literally they sing happy birthday. Like they sound like they're on American Idol. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like sort of me coming back into singing too, which was so nice and so much fun. So that was a joy. Yeah, and acting off of yourself, um, like, how was that? Like, you know, where you're playing different versions of yourself or your different versions of your personality um, in the short, like, like what's, what's that process like internally? I, I've always wanted to know. Deeply challenging, I will say. The, actually, the thing that was really hard about that was memorizing the lines because you practice, like I practiced all of it basically out loud, both parts, and then you have a reader. It, it got very confusing. Um, it was really fun. And I, I kind of would just pick like parts of, I did this in the feature too, like, okay, other Brooke talks from her heart and real Brooke talks from her stomach and like had the lyric, like the lines kind of go out through that. Does that make mm -hmm. I mean, a stupid actor thing? But like kind no, of no, 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 no. Parts of me, yeah, which yeah. Like the performance. All right, that's yeah, because that this sort of keeps you grounded, like something physical uh, allowing you to ground your performance and something depending on who you're playing uh, in the moment. Totally, because uh, the second you get in your head, you're out. That's yeah, I'm yeah, and that's the thing. I, and I've I've always I because I can't act. Like I I am like one of those indie film jacks where I'm like trying to do everything all at once. Uh, everything everywhere all at once um and I just you know I'm writing I'm directing I'm producing I'm doing the catering and you know I, like I recall you doing a bit part in one of your movies I Ross. did and so, it was yeah. terrible it was you awful and if you can yourself as a drug dealer I did, I, like, I did. I run down <laughs> that and, was... you, and you sold your main character's ecstasy so like I did you wrote that for yourself no I did not I we just couldn't get any we had somebody else cast for that part and I just like they dropped out and then I was like fuck it I'll do it and Misha was like don't do it and I was like I have to do it like what are you gonna do it she's like I'm not gonna do it I was like well then somebody's gotta do it and I've gotta do it I don't want to do it and if you notice if you go and look at that movie like the camera's off my face a lot of the time because I don't want to be seen and I look terrible and the lines that were really bad that I didn't get right, I 80 yard in. So I took the <laughs> camera off my face because I'm terrible. I'm awful. I'm not an actor. And I've tried. Believe me, I've tried. I just can't because I get in my head. I'm like, oh. And that's the thing. I think Meg was just talking about once you get in your head, you're done. Yeah, you're done. I'm just you're like, done. am I delivering this right? And I was, the worst part was um, the sort of, you know, Meg being, it will be like in my, in my favorite actors that I know, but my, my number one is my friend, Paul and uh, shout out to Paul Mide and Paul and I have known each other since uh, community college days. Mm -hmm. And he is actually the inspiration for this episode. Cause Paul was the first person where I was like, I used to be like, I suck. Like I, I clearly suck as a writer. Like I just suck. And like, then I heard Paul read my dialogue and I was like, oh, oh, no, wait, no, I don't suck. Yay. That's amazing. I thought it was me. It was them. Okay. Oh God. Woo. Cause my stuff is very like cadence based. And if you're not getting the cadence right, like you're not like whatever. So, but like Paul, I like, got it like right off the bat. And so like, we started working together on everything. And he's just like, he's a, he's an amazing, I saw him do Prospero. Um, and just, I was like blown away, but like, you know, the kid is 
trying to act against him, then you feel really inadequate, especially when you suck. Like, you can't suck when someone is awesome. Like, you can't be in a scene where someone is being awesome and you suck. You're just bringing the scene down, man. So I was like, I don't know. But I had no choice. I had no choice. I had four days to make that movie. So four days. Yeah. Wow. yeah. We shot and it's a 80 feature. pages in four oh, days. God. How did you do that? It was it was challenging. Uh, <laughs> I tell you what. It was Rob is he's just he's insane. Yeah. Uh, I, that's I, he's insane. I'm a crazy person. I, in, a, I, in a great way. Yeah. But like, you know, I don't know. Anyway, so Paul was amazing. And I I, I love Paul because I was like, you know, they both my actors flew out from LA to do this, to do that movie. And we had four and a half days to shoot it and there were no take backs because they had round trip flights so it's like a long weekend where we had to shoot this movie and then they were going back to LA there's no take two there's just let that's it that's what you got we're knocking and, it out no and so we had to like do it and we had like 80 some pages to shoot um and we just had to just get it and um and Paul and 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 Lauren um who was another one of my favorite actresses uh and she was just she, they, the two of them were amazing and they knocked it out and um it was a it was a crazy thing but I, I i definitely learned something from paul where i was like there's something that i have to realize as a writer like when i'm writing things for performers and i'm constantly trying to get that mix right like what am i leaving out like what what are you getting when when i put things down on the page even down to like, I've gotten really anal about my punctuation because Ooh. like when you, when actors get it, like you see them, they read it properly. But then like my wife is sort of the best, the best sort of like, uh, like beta test for a lot of my writing. Like when we do with things with script now, we read them out loud before we give them to actors. And my wife, if she gets it wrong, she's really great at sort of, she's a pretty decent actress in her own right. Like she'll hate me for saying that, but she is. And like, she, if she gets it wrong. I'm like, nope, gotta, I gotta repunctuate that the proper way so that people are reading this correctly. Um, and I just sort of, you know, trying to get that, uh, that right mixture. And also like what people are taking away from uh, or the different takes that you can get because like, that's the other thing is you wanna be surprised by what an actor brings to the, the script, obviously, um, to get that performance. And there's nothing better than to get a performance to be like, where, I didn't write that, but that's amazing. We're not yeah. going back and do that again, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, like, you know, that's, so let's definitely- let's, Okay, for, but let's, let's get Meg's perspective of that because she yes. has to do it on the opposite side where she used to jump on set and kind of uh, figure out what we all want um, at the same yeah. time. Yeah. I mean, there, I feel like sometimes there is a tendency to make like actor proof stuff, but mm -hmm. like we need actors because it, like it would just be a bluff, you know? Right. So I, um, I love a script. Like for example, the script you sent me, what I was really excited about with that monologue, was that there were all these great hints and that's what I really enjoy when there's all clues and the punctuation's great clues. And then you can like kind of make this roadmap and then bring what you think this character. Yeah. Um, but I always like to go in with a very strong point of view and have a good take, make a big choice and then just like work with whatever people are feeling uh, with the feedback from that. That's yeah. awesome. But anyway, I do have like a love hate relationship with actors <laughs> because like I love them because they're amazing. And then I hate them 
because they make me feel bad about myself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who do you really? <laughs> like, who do you? Okay. Who do you really hate in that scenario? No, I well, you, you know, okay, yourself. like, yeah, Kay Tuxford. I'm not gonna no. like fuck you. No, you've been through auditions too, yes. and we yes. all like, you know, like we want actors to. Nobody ever wants an actor to fail. That's one of the things that you hear all the time. Like nobody ever wants an actor to fail. You want that sort of champagne problem of like too many actors to choose for a role. Everybody wants that. But you get into aud auditions and I've had horror stories. Like you get in there and you have people who like can't read at all. Like they oh. don't. You're like, these are people who are English is not their second language and they still can't read and they're trying anyway. And, you know, then you get the people who are just, you know, they're not sort of craft minded. Um, and, you know, they come in and they don't make any choices. They just come in and they read Wait, stage directions oh, and things like that. And you're yeah. just like, ah, so. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think I think sometimes in my experience when I've done casting, like I, I did a short film and it was about these two kind of catty BFFs. Um, and it was very easy in their dialogue to have them kind of start yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm like, but they're friends. They're not, I mean, maybe in a scene, they'll, they'll, the volume will increase. But for the most part, that's how they talk to each other. And I'd have a lot of people coming in at like a nine or a 10 uh, yelling and screaming. And I'd be like, can we pull it back? And I found that a lot of times they, sometimes that was a problem where uh, they just didn't have any, I guess as, a, as an actor, they didn't have anywhere to go with it. Right, yeah. you build. You also like I. I you want to not play the words. Like the words are there. The words yeah. are story. So you want to like find something else underneath the words. Like you got to work the subtext, or you're screwed. Yeah, Speaking exactly. Of of of, uh, of, uh, <clears throat> of auditions. When you're in an audition and somebody gives you a note, and then you have to like reinterpret what what's the internal process on that? Where you're just like trying to rearrange your performance in your head before you sort of get out there. Yeah, I mean it's challenging. Auditioning is hell to be honest. It is <laughs> I, have, like, I have horror stories. I have like, literally you go in and your brain sometimes just turns off and it's yeah. very scary. But when you get a note, like I like to think of auditions basically like it's a rehearsal. Like I'm going to come in with this character with these thoughts. And then if you adjust it in the moment, like I try and turn my brain off and let it fester in my stomach and then work from there. So like, kind of like, how does the note turn you on in a way? Right. Yeah. Um, and then like react from that. That's what I try and do. Um, but some of it's really technical too. Like if you want to build, uh, tech technique is important. Very yeah. Important. Hit this yeah. Or whatever. Well, uh, this sort of leads us into uh, what I thought would be fun. I gave Meg a monologue that is one of uh, the sort of favorites that I wrote, and so oh. I thought it would be fun to have Meg uh, sort of perform that. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me back up. Okay. I, I brought you Meg Keschel. I said, you need to see this wonderful actress. You did. And then you let her read your words and not mine. Okay, Tuxford, you snooze, you lose. Send me all the things. All I want to do. <laughs> oh, you, you bastard. Okay, keep going. It's going to be great. Keep going. So, yeah. Uh, so, Meg is going to uh, uh, go and then she's going to give a critique and she's gonna see like what she picked up and and ask questions and and uh, we'll talk about that and then we've got some other questions for her but uh Perfect. if uh she wants to take some time and, and get into it I'm gonna uh, get the floor is yours Meg awesome happy 
new year. Yeah, no, no, I was just about to call you. Fine, no, it was fine. Uh, yeah, he was there. No, it wasn't a big deal. We like said hi politely and then sort of stayed in our respective corners. Um, how's your thing going? Good, I'm glad. No, you're right. Penny was like the referee. I definitely think she took my side. I know, I missed your lips too. I didn't even think about that. There I am at midnight watching Seacrest make out with Jenny McCarthy and I'm like, who the hell is gonna kiss me? No, I don't, I don't have the drive in me tonight. Plus I think Penny's doing like a like brunch thing tomorrow for people who are staying. Not as far as I know. You got that girl at home to get to. Alex is a homebody. I... Why are you so interested? It's all I'm sneaking out a little bit after midnight. I was talking to Penny. No, why would I ask her that? Okay, okay, whatever. No, no, I'm gonna stay in Penny's suite on the couch. No, it's fine, she's gonna fold out. I'll manage. No, I will not elaborate. Ew, stop, you clearly had too much to drink. On Uber. Ah, you're a pervert. No, I love you, but you're a perv. Stop, Uber, do not drive. I love you. I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Try not to rub yourself raw. Good night. Yay. Yay. <laughs> uh, Kia and I are quietly clapping. Uh, so for Meg, that. That's uh, great. Yeah. Was, that's such a Rob monologue as well. <laughs> I love it. I love how it kind of like. Tuxford. Yeah. Kind of um yeah no i yeah. you know that's oh man i've only had that monologue read well one other time that is that is literally only one other time so look at is, you you're chuffed look at him he's just like i am i'm going it was glad i'm glad to hear it i always like to hear when my dialogue works and make made it work and so yay so I liked it. I didn't, you know, it's, it's like, it's, it's always fun when words kind of fall out of your mouth. Um, and I feel like you actually, I love the way you write. And I really feel like you have, um, you write with timing. So in mind, and as an actor, I'm obsessed with that. I love that. Yeah, I am too. I grew up watching Frasier. So I have like that Swiss watch timing in terms of like, um, like dialogue and stuff like that, where it's like literally one second off and it's not funny. Um, and so like that, yeah. that, clock that of timing of like when something's funny to not funny it's like in my head and then I'm just like nope didn't get that one but like I got I gotta tell you like folks uh before Meg gets into whatever but like she hit all the beats all <laughs> the way down I'm listening to that I've read that thing a million times and I'm hearing it and make it all the beats and you hit them in ways that were like that was surprising to me like they weren't necessarily how like I envisioned them but they but again like you the choices that you were making as it like you were annoyed like this person is annoying you um and I really like and I was like oh okay all right that's cool I like that all right I'm with it sort of felt like and this is just the choice that I made like not like I sort of felt like she fucked that guy and was lying like, I don't know why, but I just kind of felt like that. And like some of the clues, like, um, here she's on her way to. She's like last uh, night at the party. Yeah. Her ex-boyfriend's there, right? Yes. And she's talking to her current boyfriend who she didn't call. Yeah. 
didn't call him? No. Like, that's weird. That's bold. Yeah. So I yeah. thought like something like a little amiss there. So that's kind of what I was playing with. Yeah, there's a, the whole thing is a, is a short about these two that meet at a party. They sort of end up at a party for New Year's and then they like sort of talk themselves out of having sex with each other. Um, so yeah, they get in like fully expecting to fuck and then they like, you know, sort of get in and then the two of them, they can't get over themselves long enough to get into it. Like they're there and they're horny and they're drunk and they get like they start talking, but when they start talking, like they have a lot of shit between them. So that sort of monologue is there. It's like right as each one of them is making excuses why they can't go home. And she makes excuse to her boyfriend, he makes excuse to his girlfriend. And then they get into the room and they're just sort of like dancing around each other. Um, and that is, yeah, it's so yeah. And I, I, I love it that. Is, it is is so so smart that she picked up on that. Like she's definitely lying to her boyfriend. This yeah, is definitely something <laughs> sneaky's going on. Yeah, yeah, something. Like there's just little clues. Like you gave me so many clues, and I love that as an actor. It like turns me on. I get all excited. <laughs> well, uh, I I I oh god, uh, I'm I can't stop smiling. That was that was a lot of fun. Thank you, Meg, uh, for reading that um, and and going through that and just nailing those beats god damn it um so um what can you sort of like okay so you've already said like giving clues to like a deeper story like sort of uh putting not necessarily exposition but story inside these lines um that's something that people can do like to give actors like a, a wider sense of the world and who the character is like that sort of thing right um what other things can like do like sort of in dialogue do you love to see that sort of get you excited as an actor well like cadence i think mm -hmm. a lot of it like um you can pick up a lot on who someone is by how they talk punctuation is another one like if someone is speaking really fast in big run on sentences maybe they're anxious maybe they're freaked out about something so i like to pick up um yeah, on those clues, punctuation, cadence, timing, all of those good things. Sometimes that feels more important than what they're actually saying, because mm -hmm. if you can pick up on like what the subtext is, that's what you play anyways. And then the words should just come out of your mouth. Yeah. Let me, I, okay. Here's a, here's a question that I really want you to answer. Uh, what is the writer's relation to an actor? Like who has more ownership of the character once Ooh. you've sort of been well you can become involved this is this is kind of mean to throw out there you just want to I just, no i'm there. just like no i i, I don't okay, have a dog in saying, this fight i just want to ask okay okay look, i want to hear it too but i also have a perspective so you're not like throwing All right. fire okay i certainly think in an ideal world it would be teamwork but i also think like once you're on set it's your part i think <laughs> 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 I she is scandalized. No, the look no. on her face. She is scandalized. Look at her. I agree. I think. I think. Uh, as a writer, yeah. No, I think as a as a writer, like uh, we did uh, a feature a couple years ago, and I was the writer on it. Um, and I showed up since it was in India. I also did wardrobe, so I was like the wardrobe person, um, which was funny. Like you get in your outfit every day by the writer and like go act. Um, but like once, once we hit production mode, like people would ask me like, 
how do I do this part or what did you envision for this line? And if like, if it was a typo or something, I'd like, you know, clarify. Other than that, I'm like, you know, you gotta go make peace with like your director and your, and your ideas of what to go with. Like I, my baby like moved out of college and is like in, in the film now. So like they, you know, you guys, you guys, yeah. I think it's similar, yeah. Ryan Shepard, who wrote uh, "It's Been a While" and wrote the feature that we just worked on, he holds our he holds the boom. He's our sound guy. It's yeah. really really small team. Um, right. It's the same. Like he'll definitely call me out if I like mix up a couple words that changes the meaning of the line or stuff like that. But for the most part, I think he's like, you know, now it's yours. My baby's out. Great. Yeah. I was reading the uh, the the behind the scenes diary of Sex Lies and Videotape. And Soderbergh talks about meeting James Spader for the first time. And he says, Spader was like, you do realize that eventually I'm going to own this part more than you, right? And Soderbergh <laughs> talks about how he initially bristled at that and was just like, fuck you, James Spader. And then like, as he started thinking about it, he was like, no, he's right. He's right. And so for me, I was like, if Soderbergh feels like that, if he's sort of good with that then I have to be good with that too like I have to let that go because I'm just like hard though like stuff that I've written if people's like it hurts when it's not right so I get that like that's that's got to be interesting because if you're if you're writing something and then you as a performer like how does that sort of like if you're in a scene playing something that you've written and then you have another actor who takes like a swing at something that you didn't intend like how does that work like that that's got to be interesting I really only write comedy. So for me, it's, it hurts a little bit. Like if the timing's <laughs> off, or you have to hold the beat, like you have to hold that longer or it's not going to work, but then you're just right. kind of dictating. Like I don't, you can't literally, I wish I could just record how I wanted them to say it and then just say it like that, but that's not good acting or writing, you know? So it's hard. It's painful. Yeah. It, it, it is micromanaging, however, you know? Totally. It also like, it certainly wouldn't be um, not, it's not a way to perform. It's also like everyone has their own internal rhythm with comedy and with acting in general. So like I have this wonderful friend, Sarah Ball. I, I wrote this monologue. It's, it, I call it my fart monologue. And it's mm-hmm. about a girl, she's going on a date and her mom just died, but you don't find that out until the end. And she's kind of just like talking about like how she's holding in farts in like the beginning of the monologue. <laughs> and yeah, like, I'm in, I'm in. I love my fart monologue and I do it in a very specific way. And then I gave it to my friend, Sarah Ball and she did it in a completely different way. And at first I was like, oh my God, she's missing the comedy. And then I was like, oh, she's playing, it's so genuine. She's playing it in this completely different way that I didn't expect. And it was beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, like I, that's the, that's sort of the magic about actors. Like, there's there's so many ways to just like interpret the text, and if it's, if it's written well, um, and like when you get, you know, folks who come in and bring a piece of themselves to it, that's a lot of things that I sort of have to like, you know, there are things that you have to let go, um, and like you know, one of them I, I sort of recognize is like when you give it to an audience that's one thing like you're going to have to just let go because people bring their own sort of interpretations to that so you also have to let go when actors bring like their own perspectives because yeah. that's part of the artistry of like what is the internal makeup of this person and how they bring it to that dialogue um just like listening to you like uh to go into that monologue and stuff like that where you're just placating this person but like at the same time, like, you know that there, there's something secretive behind what you're doing. You're trying to shut it down. But at the same time, then you're annoyed. Like, this person is, like, like getting randy with you, like, over the phone. Like, and wants to, like, <laughs> like, you're yeah, like, no. Like, 
clearly not into it too because right. she's like like no stop oh god and it's like you know there's nothing more embarrassing to than like being on the phone with a super drunk person who's like being like oh so sexy and you're like get off my phone <laughs> i hate this right and so like there's pieces of that that you're bringing to that performance and that you're just like you just have to, to let that happen because that's what magic is that's the whole magic like to me, that's oh god, I'm not gonna go into that, but that's definitely the magic of filmmaking. Like I was having this this talk with someone, like you know, when you get, I get rapturous about talking about filmmaking in general, not just writing, because I think writing is like spell work, but like filmmaking is actual magic because there's a bunch of craft people. Like a script is not a blueprint; it's an inspirational document. You have a bunch of artisans who are coming in to do like their work. You know, they're bringing. You know, the prop people are doing are, are bringing their perspective. Um, you know, even down to catering, people like you know, folks are bringing in and 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 putting their work in. Like everyone is working towards this. You know, the 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 manifestation of this fever dream um, that starts with a spell, and so you have this. Thing, and you have to allow for that magic to happen. You're literally bringing something in and it is more than some of its parts. Um, and I just, I, and I think actors are a big part of that. Um, and and so- The so hard about it is, it's like in order to have any sort of magic happen, you have to let go of control. And that is such a challenging thing to do. <laughs> like, and yeah. it doesn't happen often, you know, it's, it's, and I think that's also why people try and write like actor-proof scripts sometimes is because actors have such a hard time letting their guard down enough to fail. And that is when you're good, is if you can fail. Can I, I ask you to define what actor-proof is, what you think actor-proof is? Like basically if you have a script that like your mom could read and it would work. And, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like your mother would be like, face it. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people now like basically, I, I see it a lot on TV that people just like whisper and talk fast. Mm -hmm. And then like, that's also kind of like, uh, people aren't really making choices. People aren't really like doing like the craft of acting so much as they're like getting through the text fast. And right. so people like, write to help that I think sometimes. Well, speaking of that, let's. What advice uh, would you give to folks who wish to attract actors to low or no budget projects? Speaking as a person who's done quite a few. Yeah, I mean, I think if you find people who are obsessed with it, like that is what you need. Like people that get there's such a tendency to be like, oh, this isn't going to help my career. I need to find the next step or blah 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 blah. But you just have to be obsessed with it so find those people I guess is uh -huh. what I can say I don't know how you find them backstage is a good one not honestly sometimes it's like not going through agents and managers like yeah. find people who aren't um go through theater like if you watch plays like the people who are good in plays they'll do anything plays are so much time you get paid no fucking money <laughs> so if you're doing it you love it you know and that's yeah. why I I said when I moved out I was like I'm gonna do every single thing I can because also you want to get better and better and better. That's what I want. Right. Keep right. You know, Brett, I think I paid me a hundred bucks to do It's Been a While. And I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And I didn't even think I would see it. Like I've done so many shorts that you just never end up seeing. I was like, yeah. I, yeah I, same thing. I've crewed on many shorts. And in the end, I'm like, whatever happened to that? Whatever like, happened to that short? Does not exist. Yeah. yeah. I, and like, you know, you walk in and Brett is, you know, just a guy and he gives tiny, tiny crew and the camera's this big. And I was like, this, this is not going to like, so I'm just going to have fun. And then you let go of control because you have fun because you're like, this isn't going to go anywhere. And then right. that's when magic happens. Yeah. 
But back to your question, I think plays. Yeah, go to watch plays. Those plays. Actors. Yeah, watch plays. Yeah, I think I think that's a good one. I think also uh, sometimes I found with actors, like even if you can't pay them a lot, even just saying I can pay you a little bit and you know give them a script that they like, then usually they're happy to not be treated like uh, like free slave labor. Like. <laughs> There's this feeling sometimes that I think happens with actors that it's like, because it's our dream, it's like, you're just lucky to be in the room. And so when someone does, even if they're like, you know, we don't have a lot of money, but here's a Panera gift card or 25 bucks or whatever you say, like, oh, I feel valued. You know? See, so, I, yeah. try to, I try to definitely like, uh, like, you know, if somebody says like, I'm really into this, but like, are you open to like some notes? I'm like, absolutely. What do you got? Like, you know, like that sort of thing. Like if somebody comes in, if somebody has an actual opinion, like they want to bring to the thing, like, I'm all about it. Like, please, like, let me have it. Like, you know, that sort of thing. So being as collaborative as possible with people, you know, th like you said, not treating them as if they are slaves, you know, especially since like you're hiring someone because they are an artist. So why yeah. would you try to like stifle them, you know, and be like, no, just save their lives, hit your mark and fucking do it. Just yeah. like, okay, fuck you too. Um, I think because like acting, it's your face. So there's like, it attracts a lot of, I think, um, egos and a lot of like people who want to be famous and that, <laughs> but kind of avoid that because they're not bringing like artistry to the table necessarily. Yeah. Um, so like finding people who are just as turned on and excited by the work as you are, I think it's the great, is a great move. All right. Yeah. That's, let's move on to what are we watching, consuming, uh, writing, um uh i will start and then we'll head to meg uh i started hacks season two kate yes. Oxford. yes good good uh the first two episodes are amazing i have not watched episode three which is up at this point uh but i i did love i love that show i i just kate Oxford got into got me into it last season and i am i am eternally grateful to her gene smart and uh and hannah uh, they're so great. I love that relationship. It looks like season two is going to be just as good as season one. So I'm really excited about that. I also uh, saw Star Trek Strange New Worlds and oh. I am in love with it. Oh my God. The return of classic Trek. It's, it's so it's great. very classic format and it made me so happy. Oh, uh, it's so good, yeah. right? It's yeah, so I only good. saw the first the first two episodes i think there's a third one out the first yeah. one is up on youtube it will be a link in the show notes uh the premiere episode is up on youtube so if you just want to try it and i think that was very smart because i was just like all right let's see what you got let's see what you got and i just like saw it and i was like all right you got me all right that's fantastic <laughs> and i just i really enjoy uh the return of classic trek style like these characters and seeing younger versions of the characters like Uhura and Spock and uh, Nurse Chapel. Um, I'm just really digging the crew. I'm, I'm, I'm digging uh, Captain Pike. Um, and I, I'm sort of just, I'm in love with being in Trek again because I tried Picard season two. I tried that and I was just like, God, this is so, this is such a downer. Even it's, with yeah. the return of da John Delancey, such a downer. Yeah, I think it's, it's just tried to be like, uh, I mean, like, even even my my pure you know Trekkie loving uh, wife was like that that was like a lot like it's like yeah the first like, episode like, feels like, like so, so much, much. It's yeah like, oh my god I'm like I looked at I like it was one of those things where you like look at like how long like the things been playing you're like oh my god this is only an hour 
It feels like we've been through two hours worth of stuff. What is this? Yeah. So exactly. depressing. Um, something about Girl from Plainville. Have you guys watched that yet? No, no I haven't Hulu, watched it. Right? Yeah. Hulu. I get to the end of the episode and I'm like, how? Like, I feel like I've been watching this for like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> so much happening in this episode. Um, but like, yeah, add, add, like, all right. And then I, I'm also writing my contained thriller script. Uh, I got a lot of pages this week and I felt good about myself. Um, and because of that, I watched Phone Booth, uh, which is very much a contained thriller. And there's, that sort of led me to uh, a segment that I, an idea for a segment that I want to do on this podcast. Um, I, I really enjoy Phone Booth. Uh, it's one of those like kind of cheesy, but you have to love it, like by the premise, by the bit um, kind of things. I'm just sort of into it. And the fact that they were just able to just make that premise realistic at all really just enjoyed it also yeah. uh Kiefer Sutherland doing Jack Bauer just in his voice for 80 minutes um fantastic uh so Meg what are you watching consuming writing oh really into Barry right now okay, oh, okay. yeah very excited by Barry and the new season's really good which I uh, three is always hard I feel like when you get to season three it's either hit or miss and I feel like it's working so I'm very psyched about that um, love the jokes in Barry. Great comedy. Um, I want to write, okay, I'm working on it. It's a comedy about a girl who uh, goes to a sexual assault trauma group and starts murdering all of the rapists. <laughs> <laughs> so she like sort of turns into a serial killer, but it's a comedy. So that's what I'm working on. <laughs> Right. Okay. Right. Like it's, it's you I'm know it's like it. it's, it's murder for good. Yeah. Murder for good. It's sort of Robin Hood, Bonnie and Clyde. That's a great title, <laughs> actually. Murder for good. I actually really like that as a title. I love that. Yeah. Well, murder it's for out good. there in the ether. Phil, one of you can take. I don't write murder stories, so it's one of you guys. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's funny. Um, no, I don't. Mm, murder for good. I don't know. Good. Meg, if you want it, you can have it. But if you don't use it, I'll probably use it. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, Kate Tuxford, what about you? What are you, what are you doing? What's, what's uh, on your radar? Well, okay. Yes. Uh, I also watched Strange New Worlds this week. Yay. Um, and I also finished the season finale of season two, Made for Love on HBO Max, which was quite good. Uh, cause I was kind of like, I don't know how they're going to get many seasons out of this. And now they definitely ended season two with them. Like, oh shit. Like I can see where season three is going to be. And it's, you know, I'm excited um and it's definitely definitely enough changing in the story um and then writing um i am doing some writing which is exciting because i've been in pre-production for so oh my. long i know i've been the like, return of kate tuxford i know i know so i'm doing a rewrite on a project um uh, i have a friend in uh we went to film school together he's in brazil now and he did a comic book in brazil and that is, we're now adapting it into a, uh, a feature. And um, it's all about this uh, graphic novelist who winds up kind of Notting Hill style dating a celebrity and uh, nobody believes him. And <laughs> <laughs> love that. <laughs> you know, and it's, a lot, it's got a lot going on. Uh, and, you know, it's really more about a dating relationship story and like, what do we all bring to relationships? But uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. So I'm back in that world again. So I'm, I'm so happy to be back. because It's been like three or four months since I had a project that I was like really hardcore working on. So, you know, yay. 
uh, something to do this summer. And my, um, my feature that we are um, filming, actually we pushed to September. So um, I have some time now this summer just to do some more writing, which is really exciting. Um, so that's what I'm up to, Rob and, and May. Now that you guys uh, asked, yeah. Well, I'm glad to see the return of writing Kate Tuxford. I'm a huge yeah. fan. But uh, this week's resource is, of course, Meg. Meg, Meg is, is, is fantastic, and we love her. And, and she you guys in... should hire her for all of your projects. Yes, all of them. Yes. <laughs> uh, Meg is in several shorts and things across the internet, and we will have uh, a Meg-centric uh, link to them all in the show notes. Please go and check them out, because Meg, and she's <laughs> awesome. And we love her and we wish for her continued success as an artist. Oh, bless. Absolutely. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. Yeah, we, we, it was great having you. It was really great. Absolutely. And that was really great having you read that monologue. I'm just sort of, I'm going to be living off of that for the last the next few weeks. Um, <laughs> that is our show. Screenwriting from the Trenches can currently be found on Anchor, Apple, Google, and Spotify podcasts, as well as kevinlmartin.com. And since we are a new podcast, We'd appreciate it if you dropped us a like or rated us five stars on whatever platform that you patronize because... Algorithms. For questions for us that we can and will answer on the show, email me at robertsperspectablemofo.com. You can also find us on Twitter. I am at perspectablemofo. I am at K underscore Tux. Uh, where can they find you online, Meg? Ooh, uh, at Meg underscore Cashel. And this All is right. Twitter? At Twitter? Oh, that's Instagram. 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 Find her on Instagram, folks. And these things, as well as my YouTube channel, where I have a digital series, How to Make a Movie for $1,000, season two, starting very soon, will all be linked in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you, Meg, for being here. Yes. Uh, we hope that you will continue to listen to us. Now, stop procrastinating. Those pages aren't going to write themselves. Yes. Yay. All right. Good show, everybody. Thank you.